welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Matt Halloran. You know, I don't really think it's been too many times that we've had an actual client on the podcast. And, and this isn't a shameless plug, just to be fundamentally clear, that one, you know, you should be a client of Proudmouth. Because what our guest was doing before he ever started a podcast was so powerful and entirely in line with everything that we believe here. One. He's got a niche, a real one, and knows their language. Number two, he's unapologetically himself. And number three, his brand is on point. So we're going to talk to Darren today about a couple of different things. We're going to talk about his niche. We're going to talk about their book writing experience. We're going to talk about his podcast and how he gained confidence in making sure that he was going to focus on a very narrow niche uh, that a lot of you are still afraid to do. So Darren, welcome to the show, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me, Matt. I'm excited to be here. All right, well, let's just jump right in because I want to jump into this idea. Why did you create or why did you go after lawyers as a niche? And let's be as specific as we can about that. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't my first choice, to be honest. It, it did take me a while to kind of come around to the niche marketing idea. <laughs> um, to give you a little bit of background, I came to the financial advising world uh, from a teaching background. I was an eighth and ninth grade science teacher for five years. And this is a family business. So kind of came into the business. Uh, my dad was real old school, you know, going through the phone book and dialing numbers, kind of old school. <laughs> and uh, I kind of had to learn how to market. You know, I had no idea how to market. You know, what is marketing? I, I had been a teacher my whole life. I knew how to be a financial advisor but it's like, okay, well, running a business and marketing, that's a whole different thing there. And I was like most advisors, I was kind of scared to narrow it down. So, you know, at first it's like, hey, and now I started my own, my own office. And so that's scary. <laughs> so it's kind of like, okay, hey, anybody and everybody, you got, you know, a hundred bucks to invest, you know, I'll be your financial advisor. But as the business grew, uh, you know, I started to think more specifically and, and I kind of narrowed it down to people close to retirement, which is still very, very broad, <laughs> to be honest. And then, honestly, I have to give credit to my brother because my brother kind of came into the business a few years after me and he didn't know what to do. And I didn't really know how to help him either as far as getting his business going and finding clients. And so I kind of just suggested to him that he start reaching out to realtors because they're easy to find. They'll answer their phone. They're interested in networking and that kind of thing. And he started doing that and he actually had a lot of great success with it. And so I was like, hang on a minute, I can do this too. <laughs> so the way I chose attorneys is I really just looked uh, through my existing client base and I was like, okay, what kind of, what group of people is highly represented here? What, do, what common themes am I seeing? And, you know, I had a lot of clients who are already attorneys. Uh, one of my first big breaks was there was a big law firm in Cincinnati that was kind of shutting down and uh, the, the attorneys were kind of going their own their own ways. It was like uh, a group of like five or six attorneys. 
And they needed someone to come in and talk with folks who didn't have an advisor or who needed help with their 401k balances. So all of a sudden I had a bunch of new clients that were attorneys and I started to learn about some of the challenges they faced and uh, that sort of thing. And so I was like, okay, you know, let's kind of explore this. Let's see if this is something that could work. And uh, I didn't really think there was much different about attorneys, but you know what? As I started to really hone in, I started to learn so much about the legal world and just how unique attorneys are and and some of the unique things that they face. So that's kind of how I came around to the idea. There's a uh, yeah, I so you just I'm trying to figure out which question I want to go to next. The what when you when you initially get into a, a niche, it's interesting because you said the same thing everybody else does. You know, I didn't really think it was going to be that niche right? Uh, but as you continue to dive in more deeply and you realize that there are some fundamental personality difference, business challenges, personal issues, work-life balance, all of the different things that each you know discipline, for lack of a better description, or each niche would really have, when you start learning that language, that changes everything. Now, I've never asked anybody this, and, and I wasn't planning on asking you this, was there like a trigger? So, I mean, besides your brother having success with real estate agents, when you think about where you felt you needed to be to hyper-focus, was there like a number? Like, did you have to have X amount of asset center management or X amount of revenue before you felt comfortable? Or was the epiphany from your brother and you looking in your book of business enough to make you focus? That was really kind of enough, I think, and, and it, it was it was it was a transition. It wasn't overnight that I said, "Okay, let's just go into attorneys." You know, what I mean, I, I kind of initially had kind of a dual focus, so it was you know, um, attorneys and folks close to retirement. So I was kind of was kind of sort of slowly blending it in, and, and before I really went full speed, I started doing some you know networking with like the local bar association doing some CLE courses on different financial topics for attorneys and started kind of marketing and getting involved in the attorney world. So it's kind of slowly dipping my toes into the water. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, the trigger was the pandemic. That, gotcha. was, that was the trigger. Uh, because all of a sudden, all the traditional things that I had been doing were dead. Networking was gone. There was uh, it wasn't anything you could do. There weren't any, you know, most of what I had done was real local. It was really um, focused on the community. So I did a lot of, you know, uh, chamber events and things like that. But that was all gone. I'm like, okay, what do I do? So I'm like, you know what, let's just go. We're going to go all in on the attorney thing. We changed the website. We updated everything. And I just made that my main focus. And um, that and, and then a lot of what I started to do were webinars uh, focused on attorneys. And then that's when everything just started to, you know, culminate because I was having success with that. And then it was like, okay, what's next? And uh, then the book and then the podcast and boom, here we are. <laughs> I, I Thank you for lining that sequence out, right? Because I think a lot of people, Darren, they're just so concerned about where they're going to start, especially with with a, a niche. And I love how you said you dipped your toe in the water, right? I think a lot of people think that it's like a light switch, right? That all of a sudden, I'm only going to work with nurse anesthetists. No, come on, man, it work towards that. But I think that there, there seems to be accelerants, which is always something that's very interesting to me when we have these conversations with professionals who do have a very specific focus. Let's talk about the book. So the webinars were going well. 
writing a book's a big deal, man. And you know that. Do you just very quickly kind of talk about the process? Did you self-publish or, uh, and then, you know, what do you do with the books? Yeah. So I, I have to tell you, you know, this is really still is very fresh. So <laughs> uh, the book came out in August of last year. So this is all still very new, even to me, but um, it was really a pandemic project. Uh, the book idea came first. I was really, I was looking for resources that could help me become a better financial advisor for my attorney clients. And I didn't find anything out there. <laughs> there were a couple of books written on financial planning for attorneys, but they were really broad, I felt like, and they were really vague, uh, or it was real focused on, you know, retirement issues like Medicare and Social Security. And that's good. But, you know, what's real specific? What's real focused? And so I'm like, okay, well, why don't I write the book? And I kind of already had the idea, the concept that writing a book would be a good idea for marketing. Um, and so it was kind of always in the back of my brain. But again, the trigger was the pandemic. And, uh, it, you know, business was kind of slow. So it was a good opportunity for me to kind of get started on that project. Um, I had a lot of extra time on my hands, as many of us did. <laughs> uh, and so I sat down, I started writing it. And um, it, actually, what I first did is I wrote a proposal for the American Bar Association. I figured if I was going to get it published, I, I thought about self-publishing. I thought about having an actual publisher publish it and weighed those out. There's a lot of benefits to self-publishing because you have a lot of ownership in, you know, everything that goes on. But I thought having, you know, someone like the American Bar Association put their stamp on it would be really awesome, right? <laughs> so I reached out to them. I wrote them a proposal. My first proposal got turned down, you know, and I was like, okay, that's perfectly fine. I will just go ahead and I'll self-publish it. So it took me about a year to write the book. I would just spend a couple of hours each day writing, uh, get a couple pages done each day. And once I had a uh, completed manuscript, I reached out to the American Bar Association again, but I was pretty sure I was going to self-publish at this point. Uh, so I had done all the research. I had, you know, kind of gotten myself uh, set up with Amazon and was exploring some book cover designers and things like that. And I said, you know, what the heck, let's try the American Bar Association again. So I reached out to him. I said, you know, that proposal I sent you last year? Well, the manuscript is finished and it's ready to go. And, and it is a lot more marketable at that point because it's like, okay, it's here. You know, there's nothing you got to wait for. You don't have to worry about, you know, me writing the chapters. And um, they actually accepted my proposal. <laughs> so I was pretty pumped. Uh, that was a pretty awesome thing. And um, it took them about a year then to publish it. So it had to go through several different um, stages of proofreading and editing and uh, peer review and stuff like that. And then it finally was able to uh, to get out there. So yeah, that was how that went. Man, you gave a book to lawyers, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. All right. Well, first off, congratulations on stepping back up to the plate, uh, because, you know, as an author of two books myself, it, it's a totally different uh, situation when the manuscript is done and you're like, hey, I'm shopping a manuscript. It's very different than shopping an idea and getting it, you know, basically rubber stamped by the American Bar Association is absolutely fantastic. I'm going to take one quick step back uh, because you just triggered something you had said earlier which is you were doing CLEs uh, for attorneys. Now, for those of you who don't know what that means, that's basically continuing 
education, right, is basically what that is. And CPAs have that, really, everybody's got that. And if you can find a way to provide continuing education for your niche, man, that is such a wonderful foot in the door. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Webinars, website, book. And then for some strange reason, you decided you wanted to start a podcast. So talk about that. What? Why did you go in that direction? Uh, really, it was a way to promote the, you know, so I knew the book was going to be coming out in August. So we launched the podcast in like April and I thought it would be a good way to kind of get some buzz going and, you know, kind of build some energy towards the book being released. So we had like a, we had a podcast release party and, and all kinds of fun stuff. And, you know, but as I'm, I'm doing it more, I'm realizing it's such a cool, awesome venue. And, and we talk about topics in the book, but then I'm I'm also excited because I get to have guests on real attorneys who can talk about their experiences, what they're dealing with, what their challenges are. It gives me an opportunity to meet new folks. And it's always, I mean, it's perpetually then marketing the book and everything else. So yeah, it was it was a way to market the book. Uh, and it is still, but then of course it has kind of become its own awesome venue that I can use. Yeah. Since I don't usually have a lot of existing clients on the show, I figure I'm going to play my own devil's advocate, Darren, if you don't mind. Um, so okay. what is the hardest part about podcasting? What's the hardest part? Well, you guys make it really easy. So that's great. Well, I thanks for hardest... that answer, brother. <laughs> He's not paid to do that, everybody, but I do appreciate that. Well, it's true because I was going to start a podcast on my own and that's kind of how I got interested in you guys. Um, and I was going to do like real quick, you know, 10 minute episodes, maybe once a week or something. And I put one of them together and it took me like an entire week just to put it together. And then I was like, okay, there is no possible way this is sustainable. <laughs> so that's what I would say. The hardest thing is getting it done. I mean, that you know, having the gumption to put, you know, create the podcast to get it together, to put it out there. Um, probably getting started too, I think would be a really, just having that initial, getting that initial momentum, getting started, but definitely having um, you guys to work with keeps me engaged, keeps me accountable, keeps the program going. Cause you know, we've all seen those podcasts where you're looking at it and you're like, wait a minute, the last episode was like four months ago. What's happening. <laughs> so when you have it, it's regular, it's coming out on a regular basis. I, and I don't know, I'm, I'm sure that's a, a secret to success. I haven't been uh, podcasting that long to know, but I, I'm I'm pretty sure that that's a, a good thing. So that is for sure uh, one of the most challenging things. I think also I've, I have a deep appreciation for what a skill this is. <laughs> and, you know, I've done, let's see, I've done 13 episodes so far. And we're going to be going to two episodes a month starting in April. So I'm super pumped about that. Well, here's the thing, right? I have the episodes like planned out into a year from now because I have so many ideas and I have so many people that want to be on the show. So I'm like, oh, crap, I, I need to do more. I need to do two episodes a month versus one. <laughs> but I'm learning like I need to really refine my skill as an interviewer. Like there is really a talent to being a good interviewer, to making it natural. And my first few episodes, I just remember being so nervous. And I, I uh, learned a lot about some of the nervous tics that I have. 
One of them is laughing. I tend to laugh a lot if I'm nervous. So <laughs> hopefully that's not, these are good laughs. These are not nervous laughs, but you know, that's, that's one of them. So you learn a lot about some of those unique things and you learn a lot about just how much skill and talent there really is involved. So I started Googling like, you know, how, what are some of the best ways to interview, um, you know, tips on being a great inter podcast interviewer and things like that. There's a lot to learn. Yeah. I want to touch on that very quickly. So I, I have, I have some heroes in, in the world of interviewing um, Oprah Winfrey. Uh, and the, the reason why I always love watching Oprah is because Oprah can be, can have a guest in front of an audience of 10,000 people. And that guest doesn't feel like anybody else is there because she draws you in. So she's like one of the best of the best. Um, uh, another one is a lady named Terry Gross. And she does NPR. Uh, she does, um, it's called fresh air. Terry's interviewed everybody. And one of the things that I love about Terry Gross is she's fearless. Like she interviewed Prince, right? I mean, you know, like three or four times, David Bowie, right? The greatest authors and, and actors and actresses. It just, it's amazing. And she's always fearless. Number three, Phil Donahue. And, and you know, I, that's showing my age here because not a lot of people remember who he is. But one of the things that Phil did very, very well was he used silence. And that is one of the most powerful interviewing techniques that I don't think a lot of people realize is shutting up and letting your guests talk without making verbal uh-huhs. Oh, yeah, because that's really distracting to the listener. Does it make you feel good? And are you thinking it makes your guest feel good? Yes, uh, but it's actually a very, very bad podcasting technique. Um, and then my last one is, is Larry King. And one of the reasons why I like Larry King, not as a human being, because he had some questionable stuff in his life, but there's an interview that he did with Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld got so mad at him because he was like, how do you not know the answers to these questions? Because he was asking really basic Seinfeld questions and Jerry Seinfeld was getting upset. And Larry looked at him, this was on TV, right? He looked at him and he goes, Jerry, I'm asking you the questions I know my people want to hear. This isn't about how smart Larry King is. This is about how well I can get you to answer questions that I know my audience likes. And I absolutely love that. And shameless plug, Darren, is in the Academy, the Pod Rocket Academy, which you have access to as a client. I did a, a advanced interviewing techniques. It was a 301 level class, which is hands down the best, I think the best class I've ever done because I draw on my life as a therapist, doing over a thousand interviews, um, you know, what, what I, you know, motivational interviewing stuff from being a coach, all of those sorts of things. And it's a really, really good course. And it's actually going to be the premise of my next book, uh, because as you went around out there, right. And started looking for how to be a great podcast host. A lot of it's like behind you that, yeah, I know I need to stop saying so, so much. All right. So webinars, niche book, uh, continuing education. You have a podcast now. What's next, dude? What what do you I mean besides increasing your frequency of your show, which you just said you're going to be doing soon, what what is next on your horizon? That is really a great question. Um I think uh definitely increasing the frequency is going to be a good next step. I'm really excited about that. And I think I want to be a lot more well, one thing I already mentioned was improving my skills, you know. I definitely see myself now as a, a podcast host, you know, I mean, that's a, it's my job, one of my job titles, you know? Um, so the other thing is being more strategic about who I have on and trying to get bigger and better guests. Cause I think that's really important. 
at first I was, you know, I had so many people that wanted to be on and I really wanted to give deference to, you know, current clients, um, you know, people that, that I wanted to reward, you know, and, uh, show my appreciation for, uh, their, their help and their business, uh, by having them on the podcast. Um, but now I want to think about, you know, having people on who have like really great social media reach and stuff like that. So I can tap into their social networks and, uh, trying to be a lot more strategic that way. I'm glad you mentioned the pod rocket Academy. That's definitely on my to-do list to get in there. And um, I think I went through the the, the lower level classes, but I want to advance up and um, take advantage of some of those resources. If you could wave a magic wand, dude, who, what attorney do you want on your show? Oh, gosh. Um, there's a, the biggest law firm is Morgan and Morgan, uh, you know, personal injury. I'd love to have um, one of their higher ups or even their founder. Uh, on the show. I think that would be really fantastic. <laughs> um, or there are some other folks that are um, pretty well known in the legal space. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of like uh, people who do marketing for law firms that have really good social following among attorneys. And so I think that would be a good strategic alliance to do something like that. Um, the other thing too, and this is what I'm, you know, I'm, I want to do kind of a book tour. <laughs> uh, I am going to be in Kansas City in October, I believe. Uh, I could be wrong, but maybe it's August. Anyway, it's in the fall uh, <laughs> for the American Bar Association's uh, solo and small practice conference. And I'm going to be doing a CLE there on retirement planning for attorneys. And I want to go and do that same presentation at Bar Association's everywhere I can really, and uh, get the news out about the book. Um, and, and so that's kind of my next phase would be doing something like that and, and working on that. How come the bar association, if they basically endorsed your book, why, why aren't they promoting your podcast? Um, they are a little bit, um, I was on their podcast, um, actually that, so that, that episode will air pretty soon here. Um, you know, there's, because I'm not an attorney, you know, I'm a financial advisor. So I think they are a little bit cautious. They don't want to necessarily promote it too heavily, but they have done some good promotion. Uh, their main interest, of course, is in promoting the book, I think. Um, but they have allowed me to get the news out a little bit about the podcast as well. Um, so that's been nice. Yeah. One of the other techniques that I highly recommend and being on the Bar Association's podcast is one is getting yourself on attorneys podcasts, right? Uh, you know, especially marketing agencies that work with attorneys, uh, you know, anything like that that you can, because we know that attorneys listen to other attorneys podcasts. They want to know what they're doing and, you know, how in, and I think I shared this with you when you were coming on board here, we grew our whole business, you know, being on other people's podcasts and having those influential guests. One of my favorite stories, and I, I think I might've shared this. I know I've shared it on the podcast, but um, when we first started, I had a hot list of people who I wanted on the show. They're like the big names in financial services. And out of the 10 that were on that list, only one said no, only one said no. Um, and he still won't be on the show. And I have no idea what this dude's issue is, but like, I mean, big, big, big names because I just had the gumption to ask, right. Um, 
it's that whole idea of, uh, in, in my old mentor so, used to say this all the time, it's, it's persidity. It's persistence mixed with stupidity, which is the perfect entrepreneurial skill. And I have that in spades, my friend. Uh, so I have no problem. And here's the deal. I don't have any problem asking anybody to be on the show. Uh, one, because I've had success in the past, much like you. That's why I asked you the question. So, all right. My favorite question for or all of the shows that I do uh, is this one question, which is what should I have asked you that I didn't? Um. Oh, I think the big question would be, how has it been going in terms of niche marketing? And I would say really well. <laughs> um, everything has changed really. In fact, I'm downsizing my physical office in Cincinnati to a smaller co-working space because I have fewer in-person meetings. And actually, since I've been hyper-focused on attorneys, my business has really gone nationwide. So I have attorney clients in New Jersey, Florida, California, um, South Carolina, all over the place. Folks who I've never met. <laughs> but they, you know, thanks to technology, we feel like we know each other very well. We've gotten to know each other very well and we're working together, you know, and and uh, that's really been an amazing thing for me. Uh, to experience. So um, I would just encourage people. And the other thing too, is don't be afraid. I mean, I, I, my niche is lawyers now, but even I feel like that is too broad to be quite honest. So, you know, you can narrow way, way down. I mean, within the field of attorneys, you have, then you have personal injury attorneys, which are very, very unique. You have solo attorneys you have attorneys at big law firms. I mean, there are there are these different groups that all have these uh, unique special characteristics themselves. So, you know, you might have a focus on doctors, but there's a whole bunch of variety within the medical field. So, you know, once you start really exploring, um, don't be afraid to really drill down. You know, that would be my my advice to offer. <laughs> and absolutely fantastic advice. Well, okay, so... Um... If somebody wants to reach out to you or if somebody wants to learn more from you, what should they do next? Yeah, you can go to the website. Uh, just type in thelawyermillionaire.com. Uh, they'll take you to my webpage. You can learn about the book. You can purchase the book um, if you're interested in that. And uh, there's my contact information there as well. Listen, everybody, if you want to know what the right format for a book is, in order for you to publish something like what our guest today has done, buy the book. The other really great thing is if you do want to work with attorneys, buy the book. If you want to know about what it's like to work with attorneys, listen to his podcast, right? I mean, th th there's so much great information. One of the coolest things that's happened in this new influence, uh, you know, sort of situation that we're here and also the expertise economy is when you give it all away, which I mean, your people need to buy the book, but you're still giving away lots of your sauce here, brother. It's it's all of a sudden you're going to really be you're going to draw fans, right? And you're already seeing that. Um, I love when you said, you know, I I've never met these people. Um, even though I feel like I know them and they think they know me, that's because they do, right? Uh, I joke all the time with people who ask me, you know, Matt, how do you run a virtual company with 34 employees? Um, and I was like, look, I've only actually seen my business partner in person like less than eight times, maybe 10, 
in person. We've been a business partner for five years, right? But I see him almost every day, uh, you know, virtually like this. And, and, and there's a lot to be said with this interface being a great way to build relationships. All right, well, Darren, dude, thank you so much. One, thank you for being a client. We really appreciate you. My team loves working with you. They, they love your content. Uh, your branding is on point. The book is awesome. The podcast is great. You're getting better and better and better just all you can ever ask for. And it makes me happy that one of your job descriptions is being a podcast host. That makes me really happy too. So thanks for being on the show, man. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. It's been great. All right, Pod Rocket Academy, everybody. You guys hear me talk about it all the time. Listen, just join. It's You can join for free, right? Uh, there's paid levels, which we'd appreciate that too. But listen, if you want to learn how to start your show, and if you're really, really struggling, or if maybe you've done what Darren did at the beginning, which is, you know, he started recording an episode and realized, holy crap, this is a whole bunch of work. Well, he didn't join the Academy back then because it wasn't around, but it is now. So if you really want to learn how to start your own podcast, Podcasting 101 is a free course in the Pod Rocket Academy. And if you also pay attention to some of our email communications, you can also take something called the influence score, which is a quick five minute test for you to find out how influential you are to your ideal clients. And if you're doing the right behaviors. So for Darren and everybody here at Proud Mouth, this is Matt Halloran. We'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proud Mouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.